We're pleased to be joined on Ion College Football right now by Bill Bender of the Sporting News. And Bill, if the games are finally underway, it's been a tumultuous summer uh, between the situation at Maryland and, of course, something you're very familiar with, what's hit, what has been going on at Ohio State. And for the third consecutive Friday, Urban Meyer put out another statement. Yeah, obviously, he's going to come back after his three-game suspension is over, but it just doesn't seem as if this is going away anytime soon. There's There's a lot of lingering animosity and, and bitterness about the situation. Where do you see this, this ultimately going down the road? I think there's a lot of disconnect between, I would say, Ohio State's PR people and Urban Meyer, between um, Central Ohio and the bubble I live in here and the national writers. And, uh, you know, I've been trying to stay in the middle of it. I will say this. I, I think September is a pivotal month on and off the field for the program because I think on the field you got a talented team that's going to have to take on TCU with Ryan Day here in a few weeks, and then obviously against Penn State when Myers back, and then off the field, you just got to wonder at how many uh, threads get pulled. And I don't think we're anywhere near done pulling on those threads as to what happened a few weeks ago. Absolutely. I mean, this story has a lot of branches to it. It's going to. It's not going away anytime soon, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see you know how many people it touches and and where this goes throughout the season on the field Alabama starts the season again as the number one team of the nation for the third straight year they have two quarterbacks they have eight starters to replace on defense we've learned not to bet against Nick Saban and there's always a wealth of talent but it is a big task how did the Crimson Tide do it this time around oh they'll do it like they usually do probably in emphatic fashion that would be the word I would use I mean these neutral side openers have been a showcase of that program for years you know, he's 8-0 in those games, wins them by an average of 22 points per game, and has the added fuel of Bobby Petrino and some Louisville players kind of calling out Alabama. That rarely ends well. <laughs> I know a lot of focus will be on the quarterbacks. Um, you know, we'll find out on the first snap, but I'm guessing that we'll see both tonight. But when they have that first, you know, moment of the season where they've got to really pick the quarterback, and Saban does this so often throughout his tenure, I think Tua Tonga Bailoa will be the guy to take that snap. Talking with Bill Bender of the Sporting News, the two-quarterback thing in college football could become a trend. Kirby Smart has followed Nick Saban's blueprint. Could he take it another step further with two quarterbacks, perhaps leading the Bulldogs to a playoff or more? You know, I'm sure everybody wants to get a look at Justin Fields, and you're getting that, you know. I think he's a guy that's super talented, but... <laughs> As I keep reminding people, I mean, I was penning right, well, pen, not a pen, but uh, typing up the column that Jake Fromm had just led Georgia to a national championship last year, like after that 80-yard touchdown pass he threw. So I think Fromm will take the majority of the snaps and we'll see Fields work in. But I think it's a case where Fields might be so good that, that Kirby Smart's going to have to find a way to get both of these guys the football in their hands during the season. Clemson has an all-world defensive line, but how much of their success this year is directly proportional to what they do at the quarterback spot and, and who will it ultimately be? Oh, I think, you know, Kelly Bryant's obviously starting this week, but same deal. I mean, we're going to overreact every time Trevor Lawrence takes the field. I, I know this is a guy that comes in with a recruiting ranking higher than Deshaun Watson. You mentioned that defensive line where, I, you know, what, what the last thing in the world I'd want to be this year is an ACC quarterback that has to go against them because uh, <laughs> I, I would just have nightmares seeing all those rushing lanes get filled. I do believe that most of their offseason has had to be geared to what are they going to do different next time they play Alabama because, I, I like most people, you know, 
you, you pencil in Alabama and Clemson into the playoff, that might not be healthy for the sport long term, but that's the reality of the situation we're living in. Those are the two best teams in the country. Another quarterback, Shea Patterson, has a new home. He's faced pressure before being in the SEC, but is it uh, now at another level in terms of intensity playing at Michigan? His last opportunity for Jim Harbaugh, who's also looking to take the Wolverines to the playoff after an eight-win season a year ago. Yeah, they had a rough year last year, but I don't think things are as dire in Ann Arbor as people want to make them out to be. Um, you know, it's a tremendous opportunity tonight in a classic rivalry that's typically a uh, – toss-up game at least my entire lifetime i think since they started playing in 78 i looked this up they're 15 and 15 and one against each other and uh the, the team that's ranked higher is 11 and 16 and one so that always tells me to expect the unexpected i think michigan wins tonight though i think shea patterson makes a couple big plays in the passing game that defense really shows what it's about and the wolverines get off that uh you know, whatever you want to call it with Jim Harbaugh. As you know, then the next thing you're going to say is, well, he's got to beat Michigan State next, and that's not for two months. Speaking of Notre Dame, this is a, a program that is one of the iconic ones in college football, but it has been a long time since they have been a perennial power. They've had some moments under Brian Kelly, and but now this is a, a, a strong defense returns. Can he finally build consistent success there in South Bend? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've been, it's a tough place to coach because as I've been telling people all summer, you know, he won 10 games last year. You wouldn't think it, though, because so many people focus on the one point loss to Georgia, the blowout loss to Miami, the loss to Stanford. Um, but I think with the offensive line they have, a big season for Brandon Wimbush and see if he makes the development. Does Ian Book, you know, factor in a quarterback? And I actually think their defense is underrated. So, I know I said Michigan's going to win, but if Notre Dame were to win that game, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, you know, they have a lot of talent coming back. I think they need this one more than Michigan because their schedule in September is tough, and without a conference championship to look at, you know, once you lose two at Notre Dame, you're out. Talking with Bill Bender of the Sporting News, another big angle as we start the season, a lot of new coaches. Which of the new coaches do you think makes the biggest impact this year, and how long will it take Chip Kelly? Scott Frost will make the biggest impact. He already has. I mean, they're already in line. Everybody feels good again. I, you know, they're a long way from the 90s, but the fact that he already picked a quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised if they get off to a fast start. And, uh, you know, within two years, they're going to be challenging Wisconsin and the Big Ten West. Now, Chip Kelly is the guy who went out to their spring game. You know, it's, it's going to take time to get that offense going. But, uh, you know, they'll learn from these early season games. I know they have Oklahoma next week. And I think – you know, you just keep looking back at his record when he was at Oregon, and it's impossible not to believe that he won't have big-time success at UCLA. I think it's coming. The Pac-12 has been fighting for respect. Last year they were out of the playoff picture by mid-October. Why have they had such a big drop-off, and, and how do they get back to prominence, and does Washington lift them in week one? Well, I think part of the issue is they don't have – the SEC has – the Big Ten has Ohio State. The uh, ACC has Clemson. Big 12 has Oklahoma. I don't think the Pac-12 has that hands-down powerhouse that you can count on every year. It used to be USC, and I think USC is very good, but uh, the Cotton Bowl also showed how far behind Ohio State they really are. Um, same deal with Washington and Penn State. So I think the league is strong top to bottom. I really like Stanford this year. If you're looking for that team, you know, I think you know they're a team that could uh, – to, to certainly make some noise in the Pac-12, but um, you know, got to do better in the bowl games. Got to do better in the non-conference games. Got to be uh, 
no, up to that task when you play a big game like Washington does against Auburn today. Finally, we're a long way away, but as we have the whole season in front of us, look into the crystal ball. Who do you have in the playoffs? Oh, it's it's chalky. It's boring. I apologize. I mean, it's Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Um, you know, if you rope in Georgia, those five schools have accounted for 75% of the playoff appearances so far, which, like I said, it's a little bit different than the NCAA tournament in basketball because – in this system, the hammers are getting through every year. And, uh, well, that's the sport, and this is what people wanted. So I don't see a need to expand yet, but uh, we'll see how I feel if I uh, get another Alabama-Clemson national championship game, which I think we will. Bill, thanks so much for a couple of minutes. Greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the season. Hey, absolutely. Thanks so much.